All the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances and one man in his time plays many parts, his acts being seven ages. This is a quote from Shakespeare's play As You Like It and you're listening to As We Like It, a radio series that looks at each of these seven ages. In this programme, we look at the sixth stage, Pantaloon. The sixth age shifts into the lean and slippered Pantaloon, with spectacles on nose and pouch on side, his youthful hose, well saved, a world too wide for his shrunk shank, and his big manly voice turning again towards childish treble, pipes and whistles in his sound. Shakespeare doesn't exactly paint a pretty picture of old age. Then again, some aspects are not so pretty, especially that the World Health Organization's definition of old age begins at 55, a statistic that doesn't sit well with a lot of people. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of them tell you when they're eighty they're not even old. There's older people than me. It's designated from fifty five upwards. It's, it's designated as being older people. But like I mean, there's a lot of a difference between a person of fifty five and a person of eighty five. But like I mean, there's often people of eighty come to me and say, oh, "I'm not old enough to join your group." But sure, look, it's all good fun. This is Joe Butler, who is chair of the Carlo Older Persons Forum, a group that the nine thousand people over fifty five in Carlo can depend on to represent their needs. Well, Carlo Older Persons Forum has fallen back in two thousand and fifteen. This year has been another brilliant year so far for the Carlow Older Persons Forum. And why? Because our membership is growing. We acquired our office in Carlow, sponsored by the SIP2 Trade Union. Our text alert now is now up and running. The Guard of Visits is now being piloted. And the Patient Partnership Forum is starting to deliver down in Kilkenny. They're a busy group. The Carlow Older Persons Forum is also trying to make the town more navigable for the older person. You now we have 11 parking spaces. They're not free but they're a courtesy space by the County Council for older people to park at. They're outside the library and they're in, down at the post office and various places like that. The transport where we have Ring-A-Link, certain areas are run on different days and once they have their travel pass it doesn't cost them anything. They will come and collect them at their house, bring them into the town and collect them again at a certain time and bring them back home. So and that's on a certain days of the week. And they're also involved in making the hospital more age-friendly. We're in the process of making St. Luke's Hospital in Kilkenny an age-friendly hospital. So far in Kilkenny, we've got parking spaces for the elderly. We've got the, the gyms, the new gyms or geriatric emergency medical services headed by the consultant geriatrician Dr. E. Murray for the over 75s. That means when people of over 75 is brought into, into St. Luke's, they go through the gyms, the gyms and everything, whether they went in with one ailment or two ailments, they completely get an overhaul like a car when they go in and the medication and everything is looked at in, in St. Luke's. We also got on the back of that as well a discharge lounge where by 11 o'clock each day, people that are ready for discharge go up to this lounge where their relatives or friends come and collect them mm-hmm. and they get all their medical history or medical documentations to take back with them. People of all ages benefit when communities are designed to be age-friendly and where older people live life to their greatest potential. So, I mean, we have a voice and we're getting around and we're making an impact into all this. It's curious that older people should have to put so much effort into being heard. Do they not get their fair share of representation? I put this question to Kilkenny psychotherapist Mark Redmond. 
I suppose one thing about old age is, is the, the awful thing now that we have in life is the old age is not respected. Whereas in the past, old people were seen as, you know, as wise and they had a wisdom to offer. They have a wisdom of their years of life. Um, but now, now we sort of, we really devalue that. You know, this concept of the wise old crone was a very respected person in the village or the elders. I mean, tribal society, the elders are very respected. Elders are essential to initiate young men. Whereas we, we really have lost that respect. I think it's a word that's coming to me. Maybe it's not appropriate, but we don't, we don't value them. We, the younger people, know better. And I'm wondering, is it a fact that it's it's because they're not valued because they have come become out of touch because everything is advancing so quickly with our new technological age? I know that's it's a very interesting question. My feeling is that it's not because of again I'm speaking as a younger person. My sense the bigger thing they're not really valued is they're they're not um, valued because they're not they're not commercially valuable. I think it's more to do with that. Because I know a lot of old people are very tech savvy. And I suppose if, if you really are answering the call that is within your deeper mystery of yourself, you probably won't be bothered with technology. It's not really essential. There are more important things in life than that. So, But life is generally a struggle between the inside and the outside. There's always that tension. And I suppose that perhaps you come to feel that, that a lot more in old age because if you f- follow your inner call... As you get older, that's going to be getting deeper, of course, and it's going to get you further away from the call of the other, the outside. But the, the twist to it is that the more you follow your deeper call within yourself, the more you are perhaps offering to a society. You know, imagine a great wise elder in your village who um, villages in crisis. They go to this wise elder and they're able to quite clearly see what's going on and bring a calm to the whole situation. I mean, it's a very simple thing they're bringing, but it's um, actually tremendous effects in the society. You know, I've seen, I've been at many meetings in the past, but meeting breaking down in in, in chaos. (laughs) But a few wise words from, I'm thinking of one person in particular, you know, an older, respected person in the organisation, and was able to bring great calm to the whole situation, clarity and calm to both sides. It was amazing to see it. Old age, I was horrified to hear it was categorised between anything above 55. People of 80 would not acknowledge that they're old. Mm. Like, there is a huge um, sensitivity around old age. It's an unfair label in a way. Um, 55 being the beginning of old age. Now, I, I don't know. I'm, my thinking on it is that perhaps is at 55, the body does start to um, show signs that it is ageing. I mean, when I was... 47, I noticed my sight starting to fail and I couldn't read as well as I could without glasses. So I could see in that, yeah, my body will not be able to do always what I could when I was young. I had to accept that. It's with this acceptance comes wisdom. And while visiting Tenny Park Nursing Home, I ask some of the residents there, what advice would they give to the younger generation? I'll tell you the truth, I'd advise them, just live, live as they are. Don't try to have extra money, because money is only a god too. And I'd advise them, like, be satisfied with what they have. Well... 
I mean, be very careful of who you pal around with and uh, try and communicate with your parents more about, ask about things and that, you know. Do all your your gallivanting before you get married. You know, go, go dancing, go to places and go overseas and have that type of life yeah. first. But uh, to get married without seeing the country or doing much is no good. These people, like others in their age group, have borne witness to a lot of living. So what's important for them to achieve at this stage in their life? Yes, yeah, so it's from Eric Erickson. He, he's another developmental psychologist who's done a lot of research on life stage development. The tasks really are, you know, are, are they happy with who they have been in their lives? You know, yeah, I've done my best, kind of, and they can say, yeah, they're quite happy. But the opposite is despair, to say, yeah, um, I haven't lived my life really as I would like to have. And I think what really, what marks old age in that sense is they no longer really have the opportunity to do things about it. Time is limited. They don't have the energy to do it, maybe either. The realisation comes, yeah, I, I can undo a lot. Things are changed even. So a person is almost having to live as they've set their lives up to be lived. I wish I could go back to work, even at 80. I think I would, but um, no, I had a stroke and that stopped me. And so therefore I had to put all thoughts of ever going back or doing anything. And were you young when you had that stroke? Only in my 80s. I had no power at all in this arm, right arm, yeah. no power. And that came back to me, but my leg didn't. I had very poor circulation, I'd say, in it. Yeah. Well, it's great that your speech came back, because when my mother yeah. got a stroke, oh, she, she couldn't good. speak. Yeah. It was yeah. terribly hard on her. Yes, I wasn't great at the beginning, mm. but uh, I couldn't uh, communicate very well. Yeah. And even still, I'm not great. Yeah. I think you're very good uh, my mother was very agitated, I remember, when the girls were going for for an interview, like for the nursing at the time. And so she wanted to know how they got on or whatever. And she was so, you know, she was working herself up and said she couldn't get the words out. I often thought it was so sad. Yeah. You know, did she have a stroke? She, she did have a stroke. She did, yeah. yeah. She was only in her 70s. Well, I failed first at a fall. And... Uh, then I got the stroke afterwards. Mm. But mm. you get older. Mm. You take you life as it comes. Yes, you accept it. When anybody would ask my age, I'd always put it back a couple of years. Would you? Mm. Now you're proud of it. No, well, you are. I'm 95 and a half. I am, yeah. God, you look so well. <laughs> Thanks very much. So I tell you, I don't want to think I'm 96 in May now, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be broadcasting that. Just did. I did just. <laughs> it's recorded. I did just. Oh, it is recorded. Don't, don't record that. God's sake. Oh, she's never that. Yeah. And when did you start taking age? I don't know. I suppose in the in the 80s, you know, you'd have forms to fill up and that not where I was. And I'd always go back a couple of years. But... Um, I suppose the 80s, I suppose, 70s, late 70s, 80s. Yeah. 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 I think it's awful that people nowadays have to leave their jobs, haven't they, at a certain age. Mm. And those are the experienced people of life. But it was awful years ago where they had to leave their jobs when they got married, wasn't yeah, it? Mm. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do. 
No. They just didn't know. Yeah. You were at home, nothing to do. My mother was there in, in the home, and I didn't have a home of my own at that time, so until we made a home, that was bearable. Your age is very relative. Like, you don't feel... Do you feel old? I don't. No. no. I don't feel old. I don't even want to think of it. I don't even want to talk about it. No. No. Because it's not nice, really, is it? I'm sure it's not. Oh, well, it's not. You know, people would say, you know, that would die. And oh, she was eighty. She was time for it to drop off. Like, okay. you know. And you would say it's no. There's no time, really. There's no. No. Even, no. Because when you think about it, all the all the young people that die. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. And then you get people very old. So there's no time. Yeah. And would you like to be cremated? I did for a while now. I, I did, did think of it, while, and, yeah. and I, I'm not sure. I water going down. Tis, but yeah. you see, once you're gone, you gone, your, your body you're gone. Just, yeah. and your spirit, you're running. Your spirit is yeah. there, and some say your spirit uh, will stay with you for a while. So I was kind of disappointed about that. I thought, where you go, the spirit now will go. You know, what's the spirit though? When I, it's your spirit, we really are only skin and bone. And it's your spirit, really. That's who we are. We're spirits. That's my reading of it, anyway. I don't know much about it other than you uh, were told you open the window to allow the spirit to go out. When the person dies, is it? To flee off. Yeah. They're finished there. We don't know where we're going to land, you know. We know where we are, but we don't know where we're going. Nobody ever came back to tell us, (laughs) did they? I know, it's such a pity. I'd love to know. (laughs) Nobody ever came back to tell us. (laughs) Well, I remember, and that's him, my daughter, she went into folks home, into the graveyard one day. She was worried about something. She said, should I do it or should I don't? And when I came out, she said, Dad was sitting in the car at the steering wheel. It sure as I could see him as plain, and he said this. And it was, the, it was the right thing not to do what she was going to do. And he, he was telling her not to do it. Yes. But she, she firmly believes for yeah. that split second. But I would say sometimes, so, should I do a thing or should I not? Just when I was going up to the States first, and I was yes. saying, should I go? Should I? And he, he always said, go while you're able. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that kind of, so, and you feel that there was somebody saying, go on. That they say the spirit is always with you, like. You know that would be your husband who was mm, saying that mm, go while you're yeah. mm, mm. He died a few. Years yes, ago. he was dead ten years. He's dead about twelve years now. Yeah. Old age also brings the realization that one has to accept their own immortality, and that comes with its struggles too, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, I think as you get older, that um, becomes clearer that death is inevitable. A lot of life is a struggle or a, a, a defence against that realisation or that awareness. But as you get older, it's ever-present in that your friends maybe are dying and you know it's very much in your face all the time. Maybe the death of a partner, it's um, an incredible loss. Someone you've been with for a long time. Getting back to Ericsson and the existential question. What is the existential question for um, old age or maturity, as he calls it? Is it okay to have been me? That's quite an interesting question. It's like they're going to come to terms with the me that I was. Whatever about the loss and death coming on, you know, there's a lot of loss in life. I imagine one of the biggest losses would be um, I didn't live my full potential. That was in my own hands, really. 
ultimately it was my own choice or responsibility, I think is the word. And, and maybe coming an awareness in those later years that a person would perhaps say, you know, God, if I'd only knew this when I was younger, I would have lived my life totally differently. You know, the more a person embraces debt in life, the more they will actually live. You know, I've met clients that are, you know, are facing their ultimate debt. They, they know what's coming. Um, I have always felt very privileged to sit with them as they go back and take an honest look at their lives. And as a psychotherapist in general, it, it, it's a great privilege to, to sit with people as they look inward, as they face their reality. But it is very, very special to sit with somebody as they face their mortality. Incredible privilege. There's a, there's a real raw honesty comes out. And I suppose I get to really see how precious life is. I feel really honoured in, in that. But it's amazing how imminent death can bring incredible peace for a person when they really do look honestly inwardly. But there's another thing I wanted to add there. It's a bit like the story of Tiernan Og, the land of ever young. I think in that story, the person came back and realised that, you know, he set his foot back in Ireland or whatever, and he became an old man. I, I think in a sense we do live life nowadays too much in a timeless kind of world, thinking we are living in Tiernan Og. In St. Luke's Hospital in the weeks coming up to Christmas, Kilkenny students participating in Ossery Youth's Care Bear programme serenade patients and staff with Christmas carols. And I joined them and first asked them what Care Bears is all about. Um, well, it's a volunteer organisation for four years uh, that basically just goes to a hospital every week just to maybe cheer people up, have a chat with them. If they're kids, maybe play some games or arts and crafts just to like make people feel better. And less lonely, sorry. <laughs> and you visit the older people as well? Yeah, we have like a group that visits the older people each week and then another group that visits the kids each week. So just have a chat with them or play cards, stuff like that. And why did you decide to join up for that? I decided to join up because I've always kind of wanted to volunteer and a lot of these families, like the elderly people, they might have people coming to come see them. And the kids as well, it's a difficult place to be and it just kind of brightens up their week. You know, because there's only so much your parents you can see. And what do you get out of it? Just the joy of helping people and just seeing the smile on their face when you walk away after having a few minutes of a chat and it's actually the nicest feeling you ever get when someone is kind of alone and you go and have a chat with them. It's such a nice feeling. And older people in particular, do you think that they're well treated in society now? Um... I'm not too sure really. I guess it's kind of when you get older, you kind of get more ignored in a way that like maybe your family has already moved on. Um, maybe you don't really have anyone else. So I'm not sure how well they're treated, though. I don't think they're treated as well as maybe younger people. They're kind of just seen as old people and, oh, their opinions are outdated or, oh, they don't really matter as much to society. But I don't think that's right. And would you have any older role models? My granddad mainly, he lives quite far away, but uh, anytime I see him, he is such a big part of my life and makes me so sad to think that people don't visit their grandparents as much and that's mainly why I joined, to give older people that joy of having someone young to talk to. 
what do you think what is old for you um i guess old to me would kind of be like maybe retired and has grandkids like not not everyone but uh that'd be kind of my idea i guess i guess old for me would be like 70 yeah around like 75 or when you're retired or have grandchildren I think. I also think there's always a young person in someone. You never truly get old. You know, you might get old looking or you might your health might deteriorate, but there's always going to still be that lively young person inside of you. So personally, I don't think you really get old. What are your own ambitions for yourself, like in your 70s or 80s? What would you like to see yourself doing? I guess I'd really like to just have explored the world or still have as many like adventures I wouldn't want to just in a way I wouldn't want to just like settle down I'd love to be always having things to do like every week not just like maybe sitting down watching TV every day just kind of getting out there still exploring new things because the world will be so different when I'm like 70 I just I want to explore everything you know and yourself do you have ambitions for yourself as a granddad? Mainly just to have family and friends around me that care about me be a part of the society and still kind of like to make changes to society and you um i don't really know i kind of i don't know um i'd kind of just like to spend as much time as i can with my family because you know you don't know when they'll they're gonna go or you're gonna go it's a bit morbid but uh, um but also I'd like to always educate myself because as Abby said, you know, the world's constantly changing, especially every day. Like there's so many things I learn every single day. Life is one big learning curve and at Dalton House in Goran County Kilkenny, I meet some people who are learning to paint. Kathleen, tell us, what are you at at the moment? Um, painting a... Uh horse and carriage at the moment. It looks gorgeous. Ah, it's getting there. We're at Dalton House and why do you come here? Well, it kills time for me, you know, and I can come in in the wheelchair. Nobody mind. I mean, nobody does mind. We're all family here. We call ourselves family. And how long have you been coming? Oh, about 15 or 16 years of that. And were you always interested in painting? Oh, yeah. I always had. I didn't know anything about it, really, but I was told of it. Get into your cat and you see, you learn. With time, like, you know. I thought it would be nice. Yeah. Kind of a go ahead, like, you know, because yeah. I paint anything. I tried anything once, like, you know, it took me a while, I suppose, to get myself started on it, but it's no bother to me now. And could you paint all day if you, if you could? Oh, if I could, yeah. If, if she was here all day, I'd be here. Julie, our teacher, she's a brilliant teacher. What does it do for you? It punches in time for me. You know, just... Would the day be long without the painting? Oh, it would. It would, because um, I can't read, because with my condition that. The lines keep on falling down on me, so I can't read. So this, this keeps me okay, you know, fairly okay, like. The Dalton Centre is managed by Ashling Brett, and I speak with her about how it came to be set up. 
A group of voluntary people got together back in 1996 after they did a local area plan and it kind of was brought to their attention at the time that there was needs for the elderly that weren't being met in the area. So a group of voluntary people got together and they basically formed Gorn Parish Enterprise Group, which is our actual group name. And we trade under the name Dalton House because that's the name of our centre here. But initially it was a coffee shop craft centre, computer centre and basically funding from those kind of enterprises then came back into services for the elderly. Therefore we have the centre today and all the services that are are supplied, that's where that came from. So that's how Dalton House came about back in 1996. um, The centre then was opened here in 1999. The houses were opened and then in 2001 the daycare centre itself was opened and we've been in business since then. And you mentioned houses, they're houses for the elderly, is it? The initial area here is Gorn Community Housing for the Elderly, so they own 10 independent living houses and then the daycare centre here in the centre of the enterprise itself is theirs as well. And what services do you provide here at Dalton House then for the elderly? So our services here would be, we do in-house lunches for our residents and for people within the kind of 5k radius of the centre that are able to come in. We do supply a collection service for people but only within a 5k radius of the of the centre um, anyone that's able to travel in themselves they're more than welcome to come in and have their lunch here daily we also do meals on wheels um, to people who are housebound or in kind of very rural areas that have no access to these amenities and um, we do rest by care two days a week um, Mondays and Thursdays for people who have mild dementia and things like that just to give their families a little bit of relief um, we supply um, laundry services also to those people. We have art classes, we do craft, um, we have a book writer's cl- uh, class here as well. They've, pr- they've actually produced three books over the last six years here. And we also have a music night every Wednesday night here, which has been running for the last 19 years, so it's been brilliant. And chiropodist as well. We have a chiropodist that comes in every kind of, you know, four to six weeks when the, the need arises. So at the moment, that's what our services are. <laughs> that's a huge amount. <laughs> yeah. My God, what do Busy, busy, yeah. I'd say you are. Yeah, very busy. Back at the art class, which is facilitated by Julie Morehouse, I chat with some more of the people there. This Cannon, and I live in Two Abigail. Mm. And what are you doing here today? Painting. And you enjoy it? Oh, yeah, immensely, immensely. Wonderful. We all love it, the whole lot of us. Tell us about your husband. Uh, How did you meet him? He was, oh, at a dance. Did you? In Desert Hall. When the dances were different in those days, was there a live band and everything? A live band. Oh, yes, all on the floor. Were you a good dancer? Yes, I was. Mm. I tell you, I was a step dancer. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Do you still dance? Hmm? No, I don't. I'm too old now. Oh, never too old. Oh, yes, I am. Yeah. I'll be 94 now. Are you yeah. looking forward to that birthday then? <laughs> After that, now it doesn't matter one way or the other, yeah, does it? I suppose. Yeah. I can't turn back the clock. You no, know, that's true. No. Yeah. And you keep him well? Oh, God, I am. You look oh, well? Oh, God, I am. Mm. I'm never sick. I go every year to fashion and I go on a cruise. Do you really? Yes. Yeah. And now I'm brought. Right. And then my daughter, Sinead, brings me. Oh. I couldn't go. But I go every year. She brings me every year. That's, and they say travel is great for the mind. Oh, yeah. 
I'm never sick of it, maybe. Really? I hope so. I hope I touch wood. Yeah. And uh, that's great. And you're living, you're living obviously on your own in the house and everything? No, no, Sinead lives with me. Oh, she's okay. Or I live with Sinead one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're lucky. But anyway, oh. back to Corton. So you were at the dance in Desert Hall. And yes, I was. Yeah. And you met, did you, were you, did you kind of like the look of him or how did it all come about? Well, he was a good dancer and you always picked out a good dancer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and danced with him three or four times that night because he was a good dancer. Yeah. And as I said here, you always pick out a good dancer. Yeah. So he asked me, could they see me home? And I said, yes. But I stopped him halfway. I said, no, my mother wouldn't like me to go home with anyone. So what did you do one night? She called up to the house. Mm-hmm. And then that's how my mother, but she liked the look of him. I was only 17, I wasn't 18. God, you were young, yeah. And I was married at 20. Were you really? Yeah. Oh, then I had a crowd of children. <laughs> a crowd of them? How oh, many's in a crowd? Ten. Ten? Yeah. And nobody else would have them. No one, else, <laughs> no one would take one of them. <laughs> Oh, you wouldn't give them away anyway, would you? Well, I don't know. I didn't get the chance. <laughs> <laughs> the group is made up of people of all age groups and most have different reasons for being there. Diane joined after her husband passed away. Actually, after my husband passed away, I decided I had to do get out and do something, some kind of a hobby. But I always liked um, arty things, kind of thing, you know, and um, crafts, a lot of crafts. And so I decided just... I'd take up art as a hobby, so I did, yeah. And what else would you do then in your other, other time? I'm in active retirement. We do lots of things with active that. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. that good? It's very good. Um, we do a lot of things. We go to the theatre. We have people come in and do talks. We have outings quite a lot. We go on two holidays a year. Um, I do line dancing. Um, we do um, Tai Chi, things like that. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's great. Like, it's um, a great organization for people who are retired over fifty and are looking for something to do, somewhere to go. Who miss their people who had they worked with all their lives, perhaps you know. And um, yeah, I th- I find it's very good. Very nice group of people, and I think everybody in- likes to go out and enjoy themselves and have fun. And I mean, the main thing when you're getting older is to be stimulated, anyway, really, you know. Yeah. So do you have ever a spare time? Yeah. <laughs> or do you have a spare time? Yeah, and then I come here, <clears throat> and then there's a little group in Bridge who meets on Wednesday mornings, and I go down there. So I got, to, you know, quite a lot of people living who I would have sort of um, seen from time to time, but I've got to know better, you know. And we do lots of things there as well, so I am, I'm very busy all week, but I like it that way. And as our Tai Chi teacher always says, you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> yeah, you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> yeah. And have you found getting older harder? Did you, like you're embracing it. Yeah, well, I'm nearly 84, but um, I am, yeah. I think you have to keep active, your mind and your body, you know, physically and mentally. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, it's very important, yeah. You know, it's, it's easy to lie in bed in the morning and not get up and things like that, but it's, you have to make, it's very important to get up, get out, and do something. Do you still Yeah, I feel young at heart, yeah. 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 You, f- you yeah. still feel the same as you would have been when you were 30 or 40, would you? Um, well, <laughs> probably not as able, of course, but <laughs> I do the best I can, but I know I, 
age doesn't really bother me, no. 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 Yeah. That's one gorgeous. You're here at the art class. How long have you been coming? I've only been coming since about October. I'm one of the newbies. Are you really? Yeah. Well, but you're not new to art, obviously, are you? Um, well, I sort of did art on and off, but over the years I was working, I found it difficult to find a new a class that yeah. suited me. Yeah. And I was working overseas for a long time, and that was, as I say, not always easy to find a class. Yeah. But now I'm back and supposedly retired, and uh, I'm coming out here once or twice a week. Supposedly retired. Are you still keeping your hand in? <laughs> well, I'd like to keep my hand in, but it's not so easy. You know, when people see your age, they just think you're, you know, they say other things politely. But you know very well what the real reason is. Yeah. Yeah. Would that annoy you? Yes. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. probably you've got great experience under your belt. and everything. Well, I've worked for 43 years, so I have a bit of experience. Mm. All right. Yeah, mm. that's true. And what's your area of exp- expertise? Or what um, biomedical you? science. Yeah. And that's a constantly that's an ever changing uh, subject well, area. It is. It? Yeah, yeah. And now it's gone more into genetics and stuff mm. like that. Mm. And yeah, so I, uh, more and more you'd need to have done a bit of genetics, you know, DNA extraction. Uh, sequencing of DNA that's all they look for now except I suppose the routine stuff as well that still needs to be done you know measuring people's cholesterol Mm. and vitamin D and glucose and liver function tests and thyroid function tests that still has to be done Mm. yeah Mm. what do you think about all that genetic you know the way they're going with genetics and things well I think you have to be careful because you know every day you open your email you get invitations to send off samples for DNA testing for your ancestry. Nobody knows what they're going to do with that DNA. Is it going to be sold on for financial reasons? How reliable the testing is? Is it done in in a kind of an accredited laboratory? We know nothing about it. And people are making assumptions. No diagnostic test is 100%. Screening tests less so diagnostic tests there's <coughs> always a margin of error mm. in every single test but people assume they have to be 100% right people need to know what they're getting into basically mm. you have a lot of knowledge yourself mm. um, and not getting into the work environment <coughs> is, there a, is there a way for you to share well I'd be open have? to suggestions yeah. <laughs> of course that way but there is no facility really is there no out there it's difficult yeah. it's yeah. difficult yeah yeah anyway I'll keep trying because one of the things I did between jobs was learn do a course in teaching English as a foreign language there might there might be scope there for a bit of part-time work If a person is self-employed, they can retire whenever they want. However, in the public sector, it depends on the date they join the public service, anywhere between 65 and 70 years. It means a lot of people leave work when they aren't ready. Ashling Brett from Dalton House in Goran. We've had a few people retire out of here that didn't have to. Mm. They did obviously have to because it's part of our thing, but physically they didn't need to retire. They were perfectly happy to stay going and would have worked for many a year, I think, mm. which to me would be fantastic. I mean, working for some people is what they do. Yeah. They've given their whole life to work and then all of a sudden it's like, well, you're a certain age now, you have to go, you have to, you know, retire. And you're like, going, but I don't want to. Mm. <laughs> I feel perfectly fine. I'm still doing the job. I'm still capable. I'm still, you know, good at what I do and... I think, you know, it's very unfair. Mm-hmm. I think if I was 65 or 6 and I was still perfectly well-abled, I wouldn't want to, to stop. 
I'd want to stay going. It's activity. It is our activity. It's what we do. And it's terrible for it not to be your own choice. And that's the thing about getting old. We don't tend to be able to exercise as much choice as we did. There's a passage from the Bible that says, When you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And that can include the limited choice of pastimes that we lay on in good faith for our older generation. Some like bingo, some don't like bingo. Some yeah. like, and they you don't know, want to be stereotyped into a certain Yeah, category. like just because I'm this age, I just, it doesn't mean I should have to like bingo. Mm. Um, Which is a fair enough point in a way. Yeah, yeah. you know, we, we do kind of categorise people and say, yeah. well, like you're this age now, so you have to like bingo. You have to like, you know, reading certain things. You have to like doing this. But a lot of them are not into it, like, no. you know. You'd wonder what be. they'd be putting on for us now in our old age. What would be the common norm, like, nowadays that we all kind of do? I'd be like, oh, no, I'm not doing bingo. That's stupid. We're not, like, look at Netflix, or <laughs> <laughs> can we not? Can we not start Twitter in there? We're not, we're not post something on Facebook. I don't know. I don't know what'll be coming around by then. God. Younger, God younger girls are not as inclined to cook. To cook, No. They don't sew really, they don't, you know, do all those kind of things that women back then did. Like yeah. our craft class like would be think about it, We don't really have any interests in pastimes no, really. Like I can't knit, I can't sew. I see them in there, they do, there's a woman, she hand, she brought us in pictures of her wedding dress because she did some sort of very fancy lace. She couldn't remember things that happened 50 years ago, but she couldn't remember what she was doing in the moment. Mm. And so she never forgot how to do the, the lace. So she'd sit down for hours inside and she'd make all these lovely, you know, tablecloths and sure. things and all this really, really fancy lace. But she couldn't remember who she was talking to or whether she'd eaten today or any of that kind of thing. She mm. couldn't read a book anymore because she'd forget the lines. She couldn't watch it on TV because she'd forget what would be after happening. So, But she did fantastic lace work. And I used to sit in awe looking at them because... Mm talents that they have yeah. and no formal training it was just something that they did as children because they grew up their mothers did it before them and their mothers did it before them and it was but I'm really thinking about how are we going to be entertained when we're young yeah. or when we're older old, like because yeah. because mm. really we have worked we've worked mm. like mm. and that has been like yeah this is your thing yeah you work you know and then go home and catch up with the children or whatever if yeah like I, I work I work five days a week I go home I catch up ironing like you know, catch up with a bit of clean and spend time with them, do homework. Um, but yeah, you have no pastime, you have no thing you do, like, you know, so, mm. you know, you don't even watch live TV anymore. You you record it. If you have time, you'll sit down whenever and you'll watch it. You do nothing in the moment anymore. It's all, you're running for something else. Mm. Always running to catch up with yourself. You don't appreciate the minute you're in, like, I think that's a big thing. You don't just sit down and, like I see them, they take out their work and they'll sit down and they'll work away. And you know, I, I find if I had time off, what would I do? I love to read, but yeah. there's so much reading you want yeah. to do when you retire. <laughs> We're <laughs> heading for a crisis, Ashley. No, <laughs> we're just sitting here now. You make me feel bad. I may go home and start taking up and <laughs> just for them. Yeah, yeah me from too. My I'm retirement for my dementia. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, be yeah. Able to do something. Yeah. Oh dear, is it right to fret about the future of our old age, especially as it's a natural cycle after all? I speak with Druid Emer Burke, who, for the sake of this series, identifies Samhain and the winter solstice in the Celtic Wheel of Life as being representative of old age. Samhain means the end of summer. 
So we've gathered all the harvest. It is the time for closing in. It's a very important time for ancestral connection, remembering the old. Remember the other side of the year was um, Bialtana, creating life, all the sexual energy. This is like death or the beginning of it. This is the time of the Kalyuk, Bridget. She's come in her prone aspect. So she's fierce. She's the witch. She's a big cauldron. So she comes in the weather. She's the vicious winds, the frost, the, the rains. She's wiping the leaves from the trees, beating them into the ground, which creates food for the roots, holding the seeds in the still darkness with the, with the frost. Seeds won't germinate in Ireland unless they've had that frost. Mm-hmm. So she cleanses what we no longer need. Halloween is an American commercialised foreign thing that we do, but actually it came from here. So we dress up, you know, the children dress up in fancy dress, either witches or ghosts. So the ghosts or the the skeletons represent the ancestors, the witch, the Kalyuk. It was a time, also a time of mischief. So the normal disciplines were lifted so children could get up to hijinks. So often they might take the cart out of one farmer's field and put it into something else. Or It was never to be harmful. It was just a bit of fun. What else is there about Samhain? Yeah, it's one of the time when the veil is thinnest between this world and the other world. That's when mischief happens, when our wildness comes out. We're not restrained by normal societal norms. So, and it's a time of freedom. Mm. So we would share food with the ancestors as well. We call them in at our ceremony, name the people who want to join and just share some bread and honey and salt and that kind of thing mm. and wine. And that's a very nice thing to do to remember them. That corresponds to the Christian All Souls, All Saints which I think is very important to remember our dead. Our tribe consists of the people who are here and the people who have gone before that we still remember, so they're not dead as long as we remember them. So we're beginning now to slow down. There's no more work to be done outside, and we tell stories around the fire and slow down. That would be the normal thing, except in modern worlds we don't. We're racing around, unfortunately, preparing for Christmas like lunatics, which actually has us out of balance and out of sync with the season. In fact, we should be slowing down. And I think when you have time to sit around a fire and tell stories onto the next generation to each other, that remembering is a very, very important part of who you are, where you are in the, in, the, in the landscape and where you are in your world. If you're too busy, you miss out on that piece. But that's the challenge of modern life, to be able to, to pay attention to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the days are still getting shorter and shorter and the nights are longer. And there are no leaves on the trees when you look out it's very very dull and it can appear that everything is dead and that can be a depressing time that can be a very hard time no light particularly if you're sensitive to light but it's that ability to wait in that still dark stillness and be patient and know that the light will come but it never comes quickly enough there's always that sense of shit it's never going to come this year and am I stuck in this forever but it's staying in that place of hopelessness and pushing through it when the light is reborn on the 21st um, so that's our son, our son child is born, Jesus was born, Saturn was born. So many traditions have that notion of a new child being born, which is a sign of hope. And so we let go into Shakespeare's next act. And in the last programme in this series, we look at death and dying. Last scene of all that ends this strange eventful history is second childishness and mere oblivion. Song's teeth, song's eyes, song's taste, song's everything. KCLR. As We Like It was produced by Monica Hayes and made with the support of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with a television licence fee.